Hi there and thanks for joining us on this week's podcast. Why the guaranteed Irish mark is now more valuable than ever. The soccer league that's bringing business people together during COVID. And the Cork company that picks the peoples for shows like First Dates. I'm Jonathan Healy and this is Red Business. Red Business, Cork's exclusive business podcast. As we know, data is king. When you're trying to compile information or work out who's applying for what, it's become a lot more of an online process. And our next guests have done that to perfection. I'd like to welcome Tim Horgan, the head of sales with Submit.com to Red Business. Tim, you're very welcome. Hi, Jonathan. How are you keeping? Not too bad now. Good good to hear from you. Tell me a little bit about Submit.com. What do you do? Well, Submit.com, we would have uh, kicked things off around 2013. And what our main, I suppose, our main goal really is uh, submission management. So we would uh, run a lot of application forms for different things, like we'd say grants, um, competitions, anything at all from staff onboarding to incubators and accelerator programs. Wherever you need to capture information, we'll be able to build that out for you and make the process very, very easy. So you can set it up as a kind of an all-in-one, out-of-the-box application to capture whatever you need to capture. Okay, and and that might sound slightly complicated, but we can break it down with a really good example, and that's first dates on the telly. How are you involved in a show where you've got random strangers meeting each other and uh, putting it on telly for posterity? I suppose it kind of goes back uh, to the very, very start of the story, really, when the lads kicked things off around 2013. They were called My Audition Stage. And uh, when the idea came to play, it was a, a video interview question is where they had kind of kicked things off with. So it wasn't just an application form. They were they were running with uh, an inbuilt uh, video kind of a, an interview question that would be built into the form. And from there, the guys had kind of pitched it um, through different film festivals, going and visiting different uh, production houses and things like that. And uh, they got um, they got working with a couple of different production houses and the first dates was uh, actually pitched. So the, the main show was actually, I suppose, we would have worked on over the years was First Dates, Operation Transformation, uh, Don't Tell the Bride, Room to Improve, things like that. So we would, uh, yeah, so once they kind of pitched the idea to us, we just built out their form for them. We found out that they were doing everything. They were getting everyone to post in their application forms or fill out a long kind of meandering form online. So we set them up with a bunch of straight to the point questions, a bit of branch logic in there, record their pitch, and that's it. So then instead of having to kind of reel through mountains and mountains of paper, all of a sudden the production house was basically able mm. to go in and, you know, filter everything, put them into categories and just go straight through them. Now, I'd, I'd rather eat my own leg than appear in one of those shows, right? But there's a lot of people out there. And, and I'm <laughs> presuming volume is the, is, is the challenge when you are putting it out there because there's lots of people who yeah. want a lovely, lasting relationship or who want to lose a bit of weight. But let's face it, they all want to be on the telly as well. So you have to, yeah, you have to separate the wheat from the chaff. How do you do it? So, yeah, I mean, when it, you, you'll always know when the casting call goes out for first dates in our office because the, the, the volume the changes, the amount of uh, applications that you would see coming through and the production houses getting in touch with us, you know, what's the best way to deal with this? What's the best way to deal with that? But what you can actually do with the system is you can create different categories, we'll say, with, uh, let's say we have um, drop-down or branch logic type questions. And from there, you'll be able to automatically tag <clears throat> and automatically score those answers. So straight off the bat, you'll be able to filter the type of people that you want to see. So have they been on television before? Are they available straight away? Do they have kids? What age group are they in? And you'll be able to filter all of that immediately. And plus, then you have the video interview side of things as well. So you'll be able to pick up immediately on personality of who you want to see. 
And look, again, it's very useful for producers, but let's face it, they all want the half-mad people to go on these shows, don't they? I mean, is, is there a category for half-mad? There, you, do you know what? You may be able to create a, a specific type question that will tag them half-mad. You never know. <laughs> <laughs> look, it's not only the TV shows that you're working with as well. You're working with a lot of local authorities um, yeah. to deal with online application processes during the current COVID crisis as well. So did you find that you, what you'd done for telly was easily transferable, albeit the question's different, uh, for something slightly more complicated than that? Yeah, I mean, it, it was it was a long road there. And at the beginning, you know, it was very, very TV casting focused. But the guys and, um, you know, Patrick and Neil, when they were setting things up, they always wanted to kind of say, what feature is going to make a difference uh, with the application? And they realized very, very quickly that um, by speaking to the local area, local enterprise offices, that they were able to kind of move into the grant space. So very simple changes like, you know, for example, um, Excel spreadsheets, let's cut that out of the process and let's create an actual question type within the app that does all of that with the formula, you know, and let's let them upload all of their files, let them record their business pitch and uh, let them, you know, ask all of their questions in uh, drop downs and, you know, multiple choice, multiple select and make it easier for the person that's filling out the application. It's not just Mm. making it easier for the enterprise office, you know, it's making it easy for that business that needs to come back in and they, they need to do a trading voucher, a feasibility grant, something like that. And it can't be a mountain that they have to face. You know, we need to make their lives easier. And that's that's the whole, I suppose, just tackling people's pain points. Mm. So when we when well, we pitched to the local area or local enterprise offices, it, you know, it worked straight off the bat then. Yeah, I mean, you, you, you kind of hit your nail on the head there with the pain points. We don't have patience anymore for filling in forms. Our phones have made it very easy. It has to be a drop-down menu, click this, that and the other, and straight in. I mean, yeah. there used to be a time when you, you if, if you put a comma out of place on the form, that would be enough to that kick it, it back. Yeah. <laughs> we, we need to make it easier and more accessible, particularly like they are like they are right now. People are under pressure. Yeah, well, I see even in my own life now, since, you know, I've been working with this company for nearly two years now. And now all I see wherever I go is forms, difficult forms is all around everywhere I go online. That's all I see. And I was just helping my younger brother with his uh, last year um, grant application for college a couple of weeks ago. And the pain, you know, just even go through in the scanning and the printing and the posting, you know, that, that, that those days should be gone. We should be moving to an online system now where you just log in. Fill in the questions on your mobile phone or on your Mac or your PC and just be done with it. You know, press submit or come back to it later, even if you do need to come back and make some changes. It doesn't disappear if you just stop. It's uh, it's all there stored in your own very little, your own portal that you can monitor. Mm. And as I said, data is king. Um, you need to be able to interpret it, condense it and, and work out whether this person is the right person for you. How much thought yeah. goes into the formulation of those questions? Well, I suppose if you were to kind of look at the um, back to the enterprise, local enterprise offices and you were to look at, say, they have a business expansion grant, uh, feasibility study grant and a priming grant. If you they're not going to be very, very simple forms, you know, if you were to look at them from the look at them completely. But what we'll do is we'll structure those into uh, different categories. And as I mentioned, the data is key. So what we'll do is we'll set up those Excel spreadsheets that I mentioned. We, we would add our own formula tables. But then we would have multiple questions like location-based, date-based, number-based. Um, you would have specific categories with drop-downs, multiple selects, yes, no. Everything can be filtered on the other end. So you're not just making life easier for the applicants that are coming through on your website. You're also collecting the data. So if you need to review that month on month, week on week, mm-hmm. even to improve on your own application forms, you know, how many are in draft, how many are actually completed, 
how can we make this process better? And at the end of the day, how can we save money and time? So by making the questions, by adding a couple of technical questions in there and reporting it at the end of the day, you're making your life a lot easier when it uh, okay. comes down to the end of the month. Well, it sounds like you, you, you've managed it quite well. Are you looking abroad now? Where, where is next for, uh, for Submit.com? So, yeah, I mean, the, this has been a big year for us at the moment. So we're kind of, you know, we've got a couple of different options that we're looking at at the moment, I suppose, uh, kind of in the investment side of things, people who kind of share our view and share our aim as a business, which is a great place to be, you know. <clears throat> and uh, we're looking to, I suppose, kind of cast the net out further. We're looking at in the States, uh, the UK, across Europe, and we're looking at the um I suppose the the corporate social responsibility side of things. We're looking at the innovation. Innovation is huge at the moment, and we've we've kind of worked on creating our own innovation hub, and uh, we're we're br- reaching out across the United States at the moment to see where where these best areas are. You know, who can we reach out to and who can we speak to? But we're learning all the time, so it's not just a case of selling; it's a case of talking to people. You know, people who are in the industry. Just uh, set up a quick call with them. You know, they may not know what the full story is, but by the end of it, they realize, you know, it was a fact-finding mission. And we, we just want to know what the customer needs, you know, what, what are the pain points out there. And uh, mm. so, yeah, across the United States, I suppose, is the big one at the moment. Okay, finally, does it ruin first aids for you when you have to watch it go? I go, look, there's there's the one we pulled out now. That's that's the one I was telling you about. You're nudging the person <laughs> on the couch next to you. We would, it, it, you know what? It puts a spin on shows. It really does because you'd be looking at, you You just see from the, the technical aspect and the amount of work that uh, these production houses go into, you know, and uh, the amount of people that come through and the amount of draft applications that come through, the amount of, um, I suppose, assessment that they need to do. But one, one of the more interesting ones I found was uh, I was I got a, a phone call one morning to come out to a, a place, a production house up in Balancholic, uh, AV3 Media, and uh, they had, had pitched an idea to RT, I think it was, or was it Divergent, about uh, cheap Irish houses. So they had a concept with this lady who was uh, running an Instagram. You might know it, an Instagram. I, saw, uh, I, 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 I know Michael Lynch very well. I, I know Cheap Irish Homes, I think this TV show ended up being called. Yeah, so they, they, they ended up being called out and it was just very interesting to see it from start to finish there, you know, how this small little idea uh, would come and then, you know, all of a sudden it's it's on television. Like, it's very, very interesting. <laughs> well, look, you're you're involved in it. You were a creative now. You can go around telling all your friends and family. <laughs> it's the easiest thing. Well, I, I am... Always... T- Go on. This is what we always say, you know, when we try to explain what do you do and we, we'll start talking about what we do for the for the grants and for the competitions and awards. And then the minute we start talking about television, people are like, oh, I have you now, I have you now. <laughs> yeah, what, what you need to do is, I'm in television, darling. That's all you need to know. Uh, Tim Horgan, uh, the, the company is Submit.com. Pleasure. Thanks for talking to us, Tim. No problem. Thanks, Jonathan. Red Business. All that's best about business in Cork. Now, those of us of a certain vintage will remember the old ad about guaranteed Irish, and it's something that has been consistently there over the last few years. The idea that when you see a symbol, it means that product originated in Ireland. Now, in the last couple of weeks, we have realised that's very important as we support local during COVID-19. So we decided to find out a little bit more about Guaranteed Irish. The CEO is Breed O'Connell and she's with me now. Breed, how are you and thanks for joining us on Red Business? I'm delighted to join you. Thanks, Jonathan, for having me. I am fine. Sick of COVID, but fine. Well, you come here, you've met your brother there because uh, everybody who, who has anyway tuned into the world is sick of it. But I'm right though, haven't I? Because one of the things we learned early on, because we couldn't buy things from stupid Amazon and everything was being sourced locally, right down to fresh food, we realised the value of, of shopping shopping locally and buying Irish. 
Yeah, and I suppose it's really important to differentiate with you, Jonathan, how Guaranteed Irish has evolved now in 2020. So about four years ago, Guaranteed Irish went through a whole new revamp and a re-energization, I suppose, in terms of um, creating a Guaranteed Irish that's fit for purpose in 2020. So it's it's a national symbol for trust, and it supports all businesses based in Ireland, be they homegrown or international. So there's room for the multinational and the international voice at the table as well, because as our strapline says, we're all together better when we're working together, and it's only through collaborating that we're really going to make an impact. And guaranteed Irish businesses are businesses that support jobs, support communities, and support provenance. And the provenance piece, I suppose, is the piece that says this company is based in Ireland, it's supporting those jobs, it's paying its taxes in Ireland, and it's driving local economies. Yeah, and and I look again. I'm I'm getting old. I remembered the ad from a long time ago. Mm. Who bought the this that supported the that that bought mm. the this that bought the that and they traced the entire chain back to supporting themselves effectively. The 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 whole process might have changed a bit, but the model the model really hasn't. It's about supporting local industry. A hundred percent. And I suppose if we actually look at what we do today, so instead of going on Amazon, if you go to your local, if you go to buy a craft or a gift or an artisan food or a a locally produced um, piece of clothing, locally produced PPE, in fact, for going back to school. And let's look at supporting our local services, our accountants, our solicitors, instead of the big uh, American multinationals. So if we look at some of those, and particularly the guys who are taking the money back out of Ireland, they're not helping our local economy and they're not holding on to those jobs here, which are even more cherished now than ever. So it's really about supporting not just the local economy, but the circular economy. So if we're supporting each other, um, uh, there's an opportunity for us to hold on to the jobs and hold on mm. to our communities. When things were more connected, uh, which was, you know, a crazy nine months ago, uh, we would have been buying stuff left, right and centre. We wouldn't have thought twice about waiting. Right. Uh six weeks for something to come from China uh, because you could save 30 cents on it as opposed to buying it locally. COVID got rid of a lot of that, didn't it? And it's made us realise that sometimes you have better quality on your doorstep. You might have to pay a little bit more for it, but you'll get your hands on it quickly. That's right. And the other thing is, it's you can trust where you're getting it from. When you see the guaranteed Irish mark on the e-commerce website you're dealing with, you know that it's a trusted uh, company and it does exist. That's the first thing. The second thing is you're reducing those carbon miles by getting it from somewhere a lot closer, which is really important because sustainability and the need to reduce the carbon emissions has not gone away just because of COVID. And the third thing is it came faster. And I suppose the corollary of that, Jonathan, is while we're welcoming that and guaranteed Irish now if 50 years of age employs 100,000 people around the country, all sides of the country. It also has given an opportunity to people who are doing business online, be it a distributor, a maker, manufacturer, producer. It gives them an opportunity to say, look, we actually have a voice here. We've a, we're local and, and if you support us, we'll get it to you fast. But it's also saying to the guys who are online to up up their up their presence and be more efficient mm-hmm. and be more aggressive in taking some of the market share. This is a great opportunity for them to take okay. that and to and to drive their business online that way. So so traditionally it would be the little sticker that you'd see on something in a, in an old fashioned shop. Um but you're telling me now you can get the little G sign for your online website. 
Absolutely. We have a digital wallet. When somebody joins Guaranteed Irish, they now have to go through a whole appraisal process. It's quite a lot of due diligence. And we take that very seriously because obviously it's protection of the brand and it's got to be around for another 50 years. So that's the first point. The second point is when they become a member, then we um, uh, help them with a digital wallet. And that digital wallet includes things like the um, logo they can use across their digital and all their comms, be it printed or physical or, or online. But also things that will allow them to connect with other mm-hmm. guaranteed Irish members members and do business between them as a as a group. Our business network is really strong and our guaranteed Irish members are huge in some cases mm-hmm. and they love buying from the smaller guys and love giving the help up. So that's a big piece as well where there's a real altogether better culture where they start to help each other instead of uh, shopping further afield. We've seen uh, online in particular, the money just leaves the country. It it very rarely stays locally, but there, there is never waste a good crisis. As we know, there is an opportunity for those Irish businesses now to build up their web presence. If they haven't done it yet, or if they're considering it or they have it and they don't have guaranteed Irish on their website, what do they need to do? Well, they need to get in contact with us, guaranteedirish.ie, and we'll help them. Because our job, we're not for profit, Jonathan. Our job is to help businesses survive. The first week of COVID, a lot of small businesses were on to us, and they were really in an awful state. Because really, a lot of small businesses, and this is what people don't realise, who are out there grafting under 10 employees, under 20 employees, they're... They're only just after recovering from the last recession and they were just getting back maybe a year or two into the real flow of things again and cranking up and bang wallop. And not everybody has the energy to do this a second time. So we've really got to protect those guys. And it's the small employers who are going to keep us all afloat. Um, so we need to be really careful. So contact us, guaranteedirish.ie. Our job is to help you. And what we will do is help you get either... Um, the awareness and the trust symbol out there, but also connect you with other members who will buy from you. But more importantly, we'll give you the arsenal to help you amplify your Irishness or your connection to Ireland so that you can attract more like-minded people. And the the ethos out there, everybody is really trying to support their own and really trying to give everybody a leg up. So now is your time and we're here to help and feel free to reach out. Well, all the... Well, right across the spectrum on Red FM, we are encouraging people to buy locally, to shop Irish, to examine the businesses on your doorstep and see what you might like. So it very much ties in with that campaign. How can people get in contact with Guaranteed Irish? Well, guaranteedirish.e is the main source info, guaranteedirish.e. But um, anybody can actually just log on and the application form is there. Get in contact with us and we'll try and help them. We can help them either individually or as a group. So there's opportunities for everybody to work together there. And um, our job is to try and make sure that uh, we're speaking to all collectively. Breed O'Connell, CEO of Guaranteed Irish. Pleasure to talk to you and thanks so much for joining us. Delighted to see the G symbol going so strong. Thanks, Jonathan. And um, hope people do recognize that the G is the original and the most recognizable. So if we can keep that going for another 50 years, we'll have done our job. So many thanks for helping us. The only show in town for Cork business, Red Business. Now, as we've mentioned previously, sport has kept us sane during this crisis. And now that we're able to participate in sport again, it gives us all a little bit of a release. And my next guest is somebody who's involved in the Cork Business League, which is a soccer league that brings businesses from all across Cork together. Um, The Honorary Secretary of the Cork Business League is Peter Travers. Peter, how are you? Jonathan, I'm all good. And yourself? Good now, thank you very much. Tell us a little bit about what you guys do um, and how you're doing it at the moment. 
So it's we're we're, we're trying to cope um, with the situation we have at the moment, Jonathan. But basically, before or pre COVID nineteen, we're, we're a business league in Cork uh, that tries to get as many maybe Cork businesses and Cork companies involved in soccer in kind of in a team team sport. So we are an official FEI affiliated league. Um, I think we've been going for the last sixty eight years uh, since nineteen fifty two. So since then, you know, you, we've had different titles. It used to be the Cork Shipping League, based in um, based because of the previous teams down the docks in in Cork and all the um, the the companies down there and the the shipping containers and the, all the shipping employees. Okay, from that area. So it, it, it was we, very much a shipping thing, but then obviously business and industry changed and it expanded out. Exactly, and kind of since then, for the last maybe ten. 20 years we've seen kind of the the change in the industry moving to be more it based manufacturing based pharmaceutical based so kind of as the as the quark economy has changed so has us so has our um our teams so we've gone from having um the, the docklands as a team and now at the moment we've got telus international we've got abtran Delhi MC as as a kind of our prime uh, our prime teams that are, that are playing at the moment. Okay, so it's almost like a potted history of business in Cork. The the brands that were associated with the league were the big prominent brands at the exactly. time. Exactly, we even like you would even see if um, if teams started to to let's say fold in the early 70s, 70s and eighties in the Cork Business League, that would be a kind of a telling factor in that in a couple of years or in very short, maybe maybe sooner than rather than later, they'd actually end up you know um going on a business in cork and that's actually that, that has happened once the team folds in the cork business league you know um it kind of shows that look we need to maybe the business itself isn't in a, in a great health but that's the other way around as well if the if a team starts joining the business league that means that they're very successful and they're growing um internally as well you know yeah well also they have to have the numbers because you need at least 11 able fellas and probably one or two spare just that's in it. case you go that's out it. there tell me exactly. a little bit about um how you run it like what where's the pitch how do you how do you link so it up like together at, at the moment we, we, that that is it's a big factor in, in in team joining and teams playing so none of the teams at the moment own their own uh, venues or their, their pitches there's only two, there's only maybe of the 19 teams that we have this year, I'd say only three of them actually have a pitch that themselves that that they own themselves. So Delhi MC have a pitch out in ovens on their premises. Uh, UCC have a pitch in Bishopstone in the farm, and Crookstone have a t- have a pitch in Crookstone. But all the rest of them, they have to that they're they're basically um, relying on other clubs and venues and sports complexes to you know open up their venues. And to be available to rent. Okay. So Mayfield Community School, Mayfield United, um, GACA, Glenmire Association, Glenmire Community Association, they have a pitch. So it's basically based on all uh, all rented venues. Mm. Are we talking about a group of middle-aged lads with big beer bellies? Or is there some youth and talent available? Jonathan, I'd appreciate if you wouldn't, um, wouldn't comment on <laughs> men's, men's uh, appearances. But no, no, you're, you're, you're not fair wrong. But also we've seen in the last couple of seasons... The standard and the actual, how can I put this? The age profile has lowered, which is fantastic. Uh, so the standard has approved, but the age profile has lowered. So we've seen players coming in from. I'm not sure how familiar you're with where you are with the with the junior leagues in Cork, but we've got the Munster Senior League, um, the Cork AUL, and even the West Cork League, and we've seen a lot of players moving from those leagues into either their their companies or just their buddies or their friends that are playing in the Cork Business League 
because of how we're growing. Okay. Um, and because of our kind of online presence and how they feel that the actual league is is definitely improving. Well, it, it, akin to the Premiership itself, it is an autumn starting season that runs through till the spring, COVID permitting, Correct. of course. And obviously, the regulations and the rules are all very important right now. And I'm presuming that they are being adhered to the, whatever the FAI says goes here. Most definitely, yeah. So we so from the FAI's kind of protocols, every club has assigned a COVID-19 compliance officer. And within that, then that compliance officer has to adhere to um, contact tracing details and all the rules about training venues and how to actually um, adhere to, you know, the groups of training and matches. And, and obviously we can't have spectators at the moment. So the, that compliance officer is basically the go-to person for each club um, to try and, you know, ensure that the rules are being uh, are being met. Right, okay, and that's important that people realise that. Now, I'm guessing it it's it's like the Premier League itself. You're going to have your Liverpools, you're going to have your Manchester United, yeah. you've probably got some teams like Man City that say they're after buying all of them. Who <laughs> Who's the best out of the lot? Who won it last year? So, so look, last year we had to postpone the season or we had to um, call it to short, basically because of COVID. So at the time, I think it was the the league itself actually finished in mid-March. But on t- between mid-March and April, there was no games and we didn't know what we were going to do. So we actually made a decision to call a halt to the league and announce no no champions. Uh, so who's who's, no who's better because they were at the top of the league? Who's better? So so for the last couple of seasons, um, Doolin's Cow Bear up in, up in Mayfield, they have done the league a fantastic um, showing in the National Cups and the regional competitions. So they've won the league, I'd say, I think it was five out of the last six six seasons. And they've gotten very far in all the junior cups against the against different uh, teams from Cork, Munster, and even they were, they were got to the last 32 of Ireland against uh, Westport United. Okay. So, and then they've also got to the last, the quarterfinal of the Munster Junior Cup against... Um, a team from Limerick. I think. Okay, well, sure. Look, they're, they're flying yeah. the flag, anyway. But again, it, yeah. it is for everybody for for the for the Man Cities and the Liverpools, right down to the far end. Let, let, let's let's lump Leeds in there because God love them. They're in the Premier League, but probably not for long. No, Jonathan. So we have to. <laughs> so how do people find out more about it? I think you're you're on all the social media as Cork Business LGE. But I presume if you just stick Cork Business League into Google, they'll find you. Do do yeah, it's at Cork Business League basically, and uh, we've actually yesterday just got announced as a Cork Digital Marketing nominee for the Cork Digital Marketing Awards um, for 2020. So our online presence is basically kind of the the best place to get fixtures, results, and tables. Okay. Um, CorkBusinessLeague.ie if they want more information. Well, fingers crossed that you'll have a, a better and slightly longer season without the panicked interruption in I the hope middle. So, Jonathan, because to be honest, like look, our our, our kind of our main our main objective and our aim every season is to, you know, maintain a, a business-based league and hope that all the employees and the players, um, you know, they get their employee well-being and their positive energy basically from playing with their either their friends, their colleagues, or even you know their managers. Basically, that's what we're trying to get into. So every season, we try to we, we do stress that um it's important to get out there, to get your training sorted, to to play amongst your colleagues or your peers, and. Uh, COVID-19, look, we're back up and running this weekend, so hopefully going forward we'll, uh, we'll stick to it. Peter Travers, Honorary Secretary of the Cork Business League. Thanks for joining us on Red Business, Peter. No problem. I'll talk to you soon. 
My thanks, as always, to all my guests. Don't forget, every episode is available on redextra.ie. Myra Hayes-Goff is the producer, and we'll catch you on the next one. Red Business, Cork's exclusive business podcast.